0: Listening to
1: the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson.
0: Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We're recording this in the grand year of 2023 with opportunities abound for fishermen across this nation. Um, we have a great guest that's joining us today. He's a fellow podcaster, writer, um, he has, uh, 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 he's a TV personality in regards to, um, uh, fishing reports and that sort of thing for his part of the world. He's in the mid Atlantic area. He's been on our show before. He's known as the Pocono outdoors guy, but his alias is George shower. George, you there. How you doing Ted George here? <laughs> I'm doing great, George. How are you, man? Oh, it just couldn't be better for early March, that's for sure. Yeah, terrific, terrific. Well, uh, how are things out in your part of the world? You're, you're in Pennsylvania, is is that right? In... We Yeah, we are
1: po- Pocono, Pennsylvania. Yep, that yeah. area here. So things are, are doing good. I'll tell you, a little, little uh, kind of disturbing here. We started out with such a mild winter. Uh-huh. I, I mean, we were coming into the end of February. It was actually 60 degrees here uh, during a day in some days. Right. And we're just bragging the fishing season's going to be oh three four weeks early you know stuff's going to run and then we had like two weekends in a row back-to-back snowstorms so i think it was kind of like the groundhog's revenge they <laughs> got on us for being too optimistic out here <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that seems to happen every once in a while mother nature has uh, the tricks that she pulls out of her bag and uh, changes everything up a little bit you guys are kind of known for this time of year being uh uh, going ice fishing and that sort of thing. But is, is it my understanding that that never really came together this year? No, it's, it was just
1: so warm all year. I mean, we had that big Arctic blast. I think it was early January. if My memory serves. Uh Uh-huh. And we had some negatives. So, you know, all the ice fishing guys were, you know, all set up and going. My buddy, Josh is a guide up here for ice fishing. Yeah. He had clients booked and everything and it just went away. Oh, and there was no ice. Oh, really? So, Yeah. And then we, there was, I think one weekend, uh, maybe we had three days worth where it was barely four inches of ice Uh and a few guys ventured out, but it was nothing that you could really hang your hat on. Uh, you know, you start getting two or three inches. I'm, I'm not going out for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, one time on diamond Lake here in Oregon, I went, uh, ice fishing in kind of the early spring And we had like three or four inches of ice, and we weren't fishing in very deep water, maybe, you know, four or five feet, something like that. And we walked out off of the dock onto the ice and and, uh, went uh, and jigged for um, rainbow trout, great rainbow trout fishery, Diamond Lake. And uh, we got done, and we were coming back in for lunch. We had a cabin up on uh, just behind the marina that we were staying at, and we were just about ready to step on the marina, and my buddy disappeared, literally disappeared (laughs) in front of my eyes. He was underneath the dock, you know, and I'm reaching for him and finally pull him out. And it's still, you know, probably 25 degrees outside. It was cold, you know, and he's all soaking yeah. wet and it was snowing a little bit. And we went up to the cabin and, um, neither one of us had a key and we thought we did. And we're going, oh crap. Now what do we do? You know? And so we stood around there and watched him shiver and I gave him my coat and finally he goes, oh, I've got the key in my pocket. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those one of those stories, you know that um, it uh, you'll it, tell that one forever. I'll for sure. remember that one forever. But uh, so, what's on the docket in regards to your part of the world? I, I, is it striper fishing that's coming up soon, no, or has it already started?
1: No, not yet. Um, one of the things we like to t- uh, talk about here, like in Pennsylvania, um, we, we're bordered by the Delaware River, uh, along with New Jersey. Um, one of the big things here, if you grow up in this part of the world here, and I, I know that these fish run up and down the East Coast, but it's really big here in Pennsylvania, Jersey, right. is the American shad run. You know, and that's, um, that's always looked at. I mean, you always have trout and walleye and stuff in the cold weather you can get out and get. But when you start looking at the 2023 fishing season, a lot of guys in this area look for the shad run. And I don't know if you guys know what American shad are out there, but it's uh, you, you think of a little bait fish, uh, uh, a gizzard shad or something like that. Mm-hmm. But picture one, four or five, even six pounds.
0: Right, right. And,
1: that, and that's that's what comes running up the river in mass. I mean, they're coming up to spawn, They're mm-hmm. coming out of the oceans and uh, getting out there with some uh, shad spoons and shad darts and and, and fishing that for, oh, well, I guess it goes normally, you'll start to pick them up mid March. Right. Uh, depending on the water temps, you're looking for a, a magic number of 50 is what everybody starts looking at. You get that water temp around 50.
0: Oh, got it. Okay. You know
1: they're going to start. They're going to start munching.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And they'll go probably into maybe early June, maybe mid June. You know, depending right. on their run. Right. And uh, it's just you can get out there. You know, if you're out with a guide or something like that, somebody that's really good, you're going to get a 100, 120 fish a day.
0: Yeah, you know, we've got the some most. yeah, we got some shad runs out here. And um, you know, pound for pound, those things are just absolutely one of the best fighters around and they're fearless, you know? And they are. Uh, yeah, but they're terrible eating, great for crab bait. Um but, but they are so we much got, fun to catch. That's what we do. Yeah. We
1: we keep a couple maybe for catfishing or striper fishing. Um, but mostly it's a catch and release fishery and you know, it's just uh just a good time to get out and, right. and do it.
0: Right. So, the, so then the stripers are following the shad. I mean, is that sort of the progression?
1: Well, they're they're come yeah. They'll come up behind the river to spawn as well. So okay. they just like the fish come in waves. Uh-huh. Um, you know, right now, like in New Jersey, the back bay season just opened. So you know, the stripers are out in the oceans and they're starting to move into the. Uh, into the bays a little bit, staging. Got it. Now, some of the ones that are out there right now are are probably holdovers. They found a home there, and they really didn't go migrate too far. Uh So they're just kind of the ones that are hanging around. Pretty soon we'll see the huge biomass of stripers come up. Oh wow! And they'll start moving into the Chesapeake and the Delaware, and especially in the Raritan Bay and up right. into the Hudson River. Right, you know, starting to do their their spring migration, Uh-huh. And, and that's when you start getting those big girls. You know, the fifty pounders, the sixty pounders, and, and boy, you got your hands full when uh, when you get into them. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh, I'll bet so. I'll, I'll fifty and sixty pounds. What's what's the record there in Pennsylvania?
1: I well in Pennsylvania, I. Oh geez. Uh, well, keep in mind in Pennsylvania we don't have any saltwater. Uh, the oh, striper is an anadromous fish, got so it. they come up uh, the river to spawn, and they're also stocked. We have a few really big lakes up here, deep lakes uh-huh. uh, that are stocked with stripers. We got Raystown, which is up, which I think the record comes out of, and I think that's like fifty-three pounds, I believe, for out of fresh water a lake. Good lord. You uh, got lake near me, Beltsville. I think it's 46 pounds as the record. There's uh-huh. Knock and Mixon, and there's Wall and Palm Packs. There's a, a few really good lakes where these stripers are, are in there, and they get really big. Wow. Because they have a good food source. A lot right. of times they put in LY or herring in there as for, for a food, as a bait fish, and they school them up. And I know I'm getting off topic a little bit here, but like midsummer, we're out there fishing on them. And if you ever seen pictures of a uh, guy striper fishing off a of Montauk or something, those big mm. blitzes where they're just blitzing on bunker, right? you have that in the lake too, but it's on a, on a smaller scale. Right, right. You know, you just got these, oh, just huge, huge schools of uh, stripers just busting all over on the L.Y. and the bait fish. Right. And then 15, 20 seconds later, they're gone. So if, you, if they happen <laughs> to come up near you, you grab a topwater, throw it in there, and hang it up because it's all right. ride.
0: <laughs> i bet. I'll bet. Now, hey, for our listeners that are not from your part of the world, you mentioned Montauk. And Montauk, isn't that a town on Long Island? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's it's the it's very northeastern tip of uh, of New York. Uh, yeah, off of Long Island. Right. There. right.
1: And uh, it's kind of like it's known for striper fishing out there. I think everybody that steps on the beach in Montauk is looking for a big old striper and oh, just okay. an ideal spot. Okay. During the migration.
0: And that's close to what, Block Island? Um, and Yeah,
1: not too yeah. far. Yep. Yeah, yep.
0: Okay, okay. Just trying to get my bearings here. So so the the stripers are coming in. The water temperature is about 50 degrees. I, I'm assuming you're using bait, is that right, to catch them at this point?
1: Well, you can. At freshwater, we do. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can use um, a lot of, especially for the freshwater, we're up there every few top topwater poppers. Right. Uh, you can also use like the swim sheds. Are really good. Uh, bloodworms are another really good one, but keep in mind anything with live bait, we've got to use circle hooks legally out here now.
0: Oh, you do? Uh, okay.
1: You can use, yeah, chunk baits, uh, like surf clams or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can use anything that's big old protein, especially for these stripers. Got it, got
0: it. And our, and our good friend, what, Tony Maja? He has some just tremendous yes. lures for uh, for striper, doesn't
1: he? Well, he does. He's got those trolling spoons, and I, I I use them like crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, them and they're, they're called mojos. It's um, a big old shad tail. Like I think they're nine inches long. Oh, with, um,
0: really?
1: Yeah, I think the lead head on them. He's got some up in the thirty some ounce. Uh huh. You know, for for getting deep and well, you need something big. You're going to be dragging right off bottom in thirty some feet of water. Okay. And you want those big girls to to grab a hold of it. You know, you got a
0: fifty sixty pound fish. You need a pretty big lure to you know, get, get their attention for sure. Sure you do. Sure you do. I'll be done. And so now how far will the stripers go up into the freshwater before they start spawning, George?
1: Uh, I don't know exactly how far, but I know we get them um, in the Delaware river. We'll, we'll, we'll get them up. They'll go past Easton and they'll actually go up into the Delaware water gap. Now I don't know how much further past that they'll go, to be honest with you, but I know the guys that fish them are, all, all the way through there, especially like where we're catching the shad, right. they'll fish the same grounds for striper. Um, let's say that the the, the, um, uh, the shad will kind of run out in June. Well, starting in May at some time, you're going to start seeing those big stripers come up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So they'll still and some will just hang around. You know, they'll they'll come in to their spawn and just hang around for a while. So you're out there, you know, in the mornings when it's still dark, you're throwing a, a top water plug out there, uh, jerk big jerk baits. Anything to get their attention, they're really active right before like early mornings, right before sunrise, and the same thing in the evenings, you know, right? Right around sunset, they're very active,
0: right. Gosh, what an incredible experience it would be to be fishing top water with uh, <clears throat> with with some sort of popper or something and having a fifty pound fish come up and slap it's, that thing. Holy mackerel It's, that, it's really that, exciting. That beats a twelve inch trout, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: What's even funnier is some of the times you can't even see your lure. You're making a cast in the area. It's dark out. You're using oh, a black lure. Right. Because black is good at nighttime because if you look underneath up, it's silhouettes against the moon and stuff. Oh, got it. So you want to use a, a dark black or purple plug uh-huh. at nighttime. So you're, you're winging it out there in a general direction. You can't see it. Right. All of a sudden, your rod loads up, and there's no mistaking once that rod loads up, you know
0: what it is. Right, right. Wow, no kidding. What what fun that that would be. Now you know it's it's a great time. Yeah. Now in your part of the world, or or around your part of the world, um, they also call stripers rockfish, don't they? Am I right?
1: That's in Maryland. Yeah, it's in pretty Maryland. much a okay. uh, little bit south. Yeah,
0: okay. Chesapeake Bay. They're known as rockfish. Yeah. Right. Right. That that was always confusing to me over the last couple of years. You know, I I talked to somebody from the Chesapeake area, and they said they were going rock fishing. Well, rock fishing out here in the Pacific Northwest is a little bit different than the rock fishing there. And it, but it's defining a different species. And so anyway, right. it's, just, uh, it, it's just local knowledge, I guess, that, uh, helps. helps yeah, migrate flying
1: for the same fish.
0: Yeah. So, so is there a, an, an official count that they do? Are they, are they counting by, you know, sonar or fish, you know, um, uh, is there any indication of how big the run will be before it starts coming in? I-
1: no, I don't think you know ahead of time. Um, you know, the, the, the Marine Fisheries Services out here in uh, with New Jersey, they're always monitoring. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the editor of the magazine that I, I contribute to, uh, they've been doing a lot of tagging research you know, with these satellite tags. So they're oh. trying to tag these big big females uh, after they come out of the spawn run to see where do they go. And they're trying to understand the migration patterns. Of these. Right. And it was uh, really interesting because um, they tagged one, and it actually ran out to the canyons. Now I don't know what a fish is going to do, and I don't out there—1,500, 2,000 feet deep. Or I have no clue. But I don't know what they'd be doing out there chasing. I mean, their their food source is mostly bunker, and that's an inshore fish. You know, they hug the shoreline and stuff. So right. it's, it's, we don't understand what they're doing yet. And, and that's one of the things they're trying to do is just gather the data and maybe let the biologists figure it out. Mm-hmm. but uh, just getting the data has been a challenge.
0: Yeah. How far South do they run? Have they figured that out? I don't know, to be honest with you. Um,
1: uh-huh. I, I know they run way, well past uh, the Chesapeake, Yeah, you know, the far South and they go probably well in the, the Carolinas. Right. Uh, beyond that, I really don't know. And again, the ones they were looking at, they actually went out to the canyons. Yeah. So that's uh the, you're out in the Gulf Stream and stuff out there. So I don't yeah, know. I was going to say that's way out there, you know? isn't
0: it? Yeah. Yes, it is. is. Isn't that the, wasn't that the background for the perfect storm? The, uh, in regards to the movie, the perfect storm, they were fishing the canyons. Yeah, but that was for...
1: up, uh, yeah, that was up way up North. That was off of Maine into, uh,
0: ah, okay. up, uh up, up there. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll be darned. You know, I was talking to a guy, um, off of Montauk, uh, blue, uh, bluefin four fishing. And okay. he was involved in tagging sharks. Um, and I don't know if he was actually doing it or he just knew of it. Uh, but he's a real smart guy when it comes to, uh, you know, biology of fish and that sort of thing. And they were tar- tagging a number of, of sharks that, um, that were running way South, you know, way into like Florida, you know, and that sort of thing. I mean, it was amazing. Sure. they're, 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 they're their geographic reach of how far these fish go. So that'd be fascinating to know more about that with the with the striper population and that sort of thing.
1: Well it's it's everything. I mean we had a discussion uh we were just wrapped up at the Philly fishing show and we had uh quite a few people come ask us, you know, what's happening with the bluefish out here? Oh yeah. Now I remember bluefish, um you can go out anywhere, throw a line and get a bluefish. Uh Big thing for me, I remember was uh, getting the first day of vacation was running down the shore, hopping on a party boat, uh-huh. and going all night fishing for bluefish.
0: Oh wow! Really? And
1: that was like the thing that oh yeah, you just come back with a bigger bag as you could fit, filled with bluefish fillets. You know,
0: uh huh. Wow, But and it was great. And now they
1: you just don't see them, really. Yeah. Well, we don't know. Well, everybody thinks okay, they're out fish. There's no more. The population's decimated. Well, Jim kind of thinks it's it's cyclical. If you go back, and he was doing a lot of uh, research from writers of old, and they talk about things being cyclical like this, you know, so it may not be that they're the population may be fine. They're just not here, right? You know, they they migrate somewhere else. These big schools. So this is something else that we keep talking about, doing research on these populations and understanding the fishery. Yeah. Now it's different when we fish freshwater. It's captive. They're not going yeah. anywhere. They can go deeper or shallow, but they're not moving, you know, hundreds or thousands of miles away.
0: That's right. That's right. I- interesting. Now, now speaking. Is, about, uh, yeah. Speaking of freshwater, um, trout fishing is a big thing in your part of the world too, isn't it? And does does yeah. that when when does that open up?
1: Well, right now the um, it's closed season right now because the, the fish commission is doing a lot of stocking. Okay. Uh, Pennsylvania, I think right now is stocking three point two million trout, adult trout. Wow. In the lakes and creeks and rivers and, and stuff. So they're getting ready for an April 1st opener okay. for the stock waters. So uh, then you can just go at it, you know, fly or spinner, or however you like to do them. But yeah, right. that's a, a real big season open here, almost as big as uh, maybe even bigger than shad run, but we'll still talk about shad being the real opener of the season
0: here. I'll be darned. I'll, yeah. Yeah. I remember growing up as a kid back in the sixties and seventies and, I'd always get a calendar and I'd circle like the third, uh, it was the third Saturday in April, was the big day when trout would open, you know. And, and, sure. about, you know, uh, uh, about four days before the trout opener, I couldn't sleep. I'd just sit in my bed and my eyes would be wide open, you know, planning and scheming how in the world I was going to catch some sure. very big trout in a couple of days, you know. And uh, my grandfather uh, was a big fisherman. He dragged me up the McKenzie River and, uh, you know, we spent an, an, an enormous amount of time on that river catching trout, and that was just so much fun. And uh, I would imagine, you know, in your part of the world, that's a that's a great thing for, you know, the people to be focused on, too, uh, just because it of is, all the, yeah. Yeah, the management of it and that sort of thing. Now, yeah,
1: mean, the kids, the kids, it's good for the kids to get, you know, they're just getting into fishing. Yeah. Uh, the stock trout are fairly easy to catch, you know that, so... You can put a piece of power bait or something on there that they're used to, and that that's yep. a pretty good way to get the youngsters on
0: a trout. At, well, and, and hook them on the, uh, on the thrill of fishing. On the sport. Yeah, yeah, e- exactly, exactly. Now, is it mainly, what, brown trout, or is it rainbow trout out there? What uh, uh, What's available? I think
1: rainbows are the biggest. Yeah. Uh, rainbows, golden rainbows. Brown trout, uh, I think, is really growing in popularity. Uh huh. Um, I've really been hooked on these brown trout lately, but yeah, they stocked a lot of rainbows and good sized rainbows too. Mm-hmm. So it's um, you know it really has a good opportunity for anybody hitting the water to get into a, a really nice trophy fish. Right. But um, the wild brown trout around here it's, it's kind of got me hooked a little bit, and, and I've only started this a couple of years ago. Um, a friend of mine, Eric Gustahl, he's a, a big trout guy. He works with uh, Trout Unlimited. Matter of fact, he's one of the directors on uh, the local chapter. And he took me out and jerk baiting and some of these, uh, you know, spinning for these, these, uh, these trout, even in the wintertime, I think we went out in January and these brown trout are a a lot of fun and they're aggressive and just, you like aggressive fish when they attack a lure, they just annihilate it, you know? Oh
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, been, been working more and more to, to learn a little bit more about brown trout. And we've got a couple of big ones in the lakes here that we've been at targeting and been successful, but still learning on it. But that's really got my attention, these
0: these big brown trout. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I spoke uh, with Steve, what, gray, Gravy Boat, right? Gravy Boat Guide Service out in your part gravy of the boat world. Guide
1: Service, yeah. And yep, he, Steve he,
0: Kolnick. Yeah, he loves fishing for brown trout. That's kind of what his focus is most of the year, right? It's it, not it, like he'll fish for it. It really
1: is. Yeah. He's got an open invitation for me right now. He says, You know, spring, I gotta get you out of here. So I'm trying to find a spot in the calendar. I can hop in uh his drift boat here on the Lehigh River and go down and catch some brown track I'm about ready
0: right now. Oh oh that's right. You floated with him, didn't you? That was that must have yes, been Yes we fun. did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's well that's like uh, you're you guys out there in that uh
1: Pacific Northwest and we're we're kinda stealing your thunder over here in the <laughs> east a little bit because it's such a great way to fish these rivers that are shallow and inaccessible, yeah. but loaded with great sport fish. I mean, smallmouth bass and brown trout, yeah. rainbows. It just,
0: it's a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Hey, what, what's up for the Pocono outdoors guy in 2023? I, I, you know, I, I know that uh, of course you've, you have this podcast, you had a video cast, uh, what last year for, uh, for a number of years. Um, you've, you've now focused a lot on your writing and that sort of thing. Who, who are you writing for? Where can people find your articles right now, George?
1: Well, I write for a regional magazine called the Fisherman. It's out here. There's in New Jersey, Delaware Bay. It, that's the edition that I work for. There's okay. one in uh, New England and one on long Island, New York. So it's kind of regional in the Northeast. Um, I do a weekly video forecast with the editor. Uh, and I also been writing a few more articles. Matter of fact, I just did one on uh, the drift boats, uh, talking about how the technique that was born out your way is really being utilized out here
0: now and very successful. Right. So
1: right. I think that's going to be coming out uh, next month in April.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm drift boating and is, is becoming a huge thing. Like you said, in your part of the world around the great lakes also in some of their, uh, streams and yep. rivers there. And, you know, if I had a great big truck and a just pocket full of money, I'd uh, I'd, uh, I'd load up a bunch of aluminum drift boats here and and drag them east because I think I could sell them real quick. It's it's growing. Yeah,
1: they're they're getting real popular.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing...
1: There's a lot of good fishing coming up. I'm planning to be getting out with a a guide on the Delaware Guide. Tim Keebler with uh, Fin Secret Guide Service. Yeah, okay. I I think you've met Tim before, and he's a... We're we're doing a project, a little video project right now, so uh, we'll be out doing some shad fishing there as well. Uh-huh. Uh Going to take the editor out on a on a shad trip too. Get yeah. So get him out on some of these freshwater. I don't think he's ever caught the shad, so we're going to get him a taste of that. Oh, really? And okay. also some of those. Uh, yeah, and also some of those brown trout that uh, with uh, Steve, we're going and get him out on that as well.
0: You you bet you bet. And and so is the focus then. I mean, you you can catch stripers. Pretty much up until, what, late fall in your part of the world? Um, well, if we, right? get them, we get them through the ice and everything. Um, oh, you know, yeah. if they're on the lake, I can get them year-round, yeah. Uh, um, okay.
1: I did a story last year about uh, ice fishing for stripers. Uh-huh. And uh, it's really amazing. You're sitting there pulling a, you know, 20-some-pound striper out of a hole, and the other guy next to you is pulling out bluegills. They're like, what are you using? Right. <laughs>
0: Good Lord. Yeah, that must be a, a a revelation for a lot of people that are used to catching panfish through the ice. And now exactly. you can't get, can't get this thing's damn head out of the hole, you know? <laughs> wow. well, that... it's fun. It's it's
1: it's all in the challenge. You know, uh, the fun of sport fishing is being able to target something like that and do it successfully. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not just blindly throwing a worm on a hook and whatever hits, hits. You're you're targeting a species, and I right. think that's the, the fun of it.
0: Right. Well, you know, I think you guys are really blessed out in your part of the world, and this is just a 50,000-foot observation that I have, that your your fish management programs have been in place for a number of, of of decades, and a lot of them are working really, really well now, and and it's brought back a lot of the fisheries, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's been pretty good. They got some programs here, like, I think they call it a big bass program. Um, you know, they're trying to, you, you got to keep the small ones, let the big ones grow. And I, I'm not sure if that one's working well or not. Uh-huh. Um, it seems like the, the stats and forests, they're all small. So right. I'm not sure <laughs> what, what they're doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: but yeah, I mean, the area New Jersey does a great job. They even stock salmon in some of their lakes and, and lake trout. So you can go and. uh, places like Round Valley um, and stuff like that, and go out and get, you know, lake trout. And it, it's, a, it's a great fishery. Oh, uh, we yeah. got pike up here, northern pike, which uh, I used to have to run up to Canada, that Thousand Island area to go pike fishing. Right. And here they have them in Pennsylvania, and there's some in New Jersey as well. you we got the Passaic River. There, there's such a variety here.
0: Oh, that's cool, um,
1: man. And even like we were just talking with all the anadromous fish, the shad, the striper, you know, the largemouth, the walleye, the smallmouth, pretty much anything you can think of, you can go after if you want to.
0: Right. So so you have pike, but you have muskie up there also? Oh, yeah. We got muskie. We got the,
1: the purebreds and also the tiger muskie, which is uh, a cross with a uh, northern pike.
0: Right, right. No kidding. And they kind of get
1: the attributes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. They get the... They're, they're fierce like the muskie, but they're that aggressiveness of a pike. So they're, right. they're a little more easier to catch. They're, they're still hard to catch. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing easy, but I think they're a little easier. And they're pretty fierce as well. I mean, you get one of them when you certainly know it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was exposed to uh, fishing for pike when I was fishing off of um, the Nushagak River on the Chit River. I don't know, 20 years ago, something like that. And we were going up fish for their uh, trophy rainbow trout, which ran about 10 to 12 pounds. And we were just having a gas catching those things. And the guy that we had was from Tennessee and he was the funniest guy in the world. His name was Tim also. And he kept saying, guys, I got to take you today to one of the little sloughs and we're going to go catch pike. You know, I didn't fly all the way to Alaska to catch a I'm I'm here for the rainbow. And finally, the last day of the trip, he goes, you have no choice. Right, we are gonna go catch pike today. Okay, let's go get some some pike, you know, and figure out what this is all about. Right, and uh, we went into one of these little estuaries off of the the Chitt River, and it was just kind of flat frog water with a bunch of reeds. And he put on some uh, a wire leader and tied on a ma- a mouse pattern and threw it out there with our spinning gear right next to the reeds and. I gave it one little jerk, and holy crap, it was like the monster from the deep coming through those reeds. You could see the thing just parting all the way up there. And then not only was it a bite, it was a total annihilation of this lure. And then just all hell broke loose. I'm going, why didn't you tell me about this earlier? (laughs) (laughs) They are fun, aren't they? Oh, my God, it was crazy. George, we caught... If we caught one, we caught fifty that day, you know, and we had multiple fish coming off, you know, coming after those lures at one time. It was just nuts. It was just nuts, and and uh, I'd do that again in a heartbeat. And if you got pike there, man, holy smokes, that uh, that's a real draw.
1: Yeah, I, I I could fish for pike all the time. I said we used to go up to Thousand Islands do you know, it. Uh, same thing up in those bays, the, the we weed, weed flats and stuff like that. And they just annihilate a bait, anything you throw out there. So it's really a good
0: time. Oh, absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Well, George, I want to thank you for joining us again. You're always so gracious with your time and, and um, you know, helping me with just numerous things. You know, if I come up um, upon something I I need to uh, get an answer of. From your part of the world, you're my first call, and you are just an incredible resource for me. And I, wow well, we really appreciate that. that. I always love being on here, Ted. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. So, letting the listeners know, your new podcast is called uh, the, the Eastern it, Angler. That's right. Okay, the Eastern Angler, and that's on. It's all syndicated, so it's on Shopify and Apple and it, Google. Yep, the whole it's on thing. all of them. Yeah, and yep. so it's uh, uh you've you've had I think you've had three episodes that I've listened to so far. Man, they are really professional, and uh, people will really enjoy listening to them. I love your intro. I don't know how you did. it. I'm gonna have to figure that out. But The intro <laughs> is really cool, man. The intro is a key <laughs> part of it, right there. And then um, I, I go ahead. I had a friend involved in that. So. Oh, you did, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, that that sounds like a good that sounds like a good weekend project for me doing something like that. yeah right yeah and then and then you're writing for what's the name of the magazine again? The Fisherman. The Fisherman. Okay, and you're in there yeah. every episode. Is that or uh, every uh, of, of the? Well, we uh, do
1: we do a, a lot. I mean, there's a monthly uh, glossy issue that comes out. There's about uh, 26 digital issues that come out, April to yeah. November. Uh, I do some writing in the magazine proper. Uh, Uh We also do a weekly fishing forecast for the upcoming week, and that comes out on Thursdays, and you can find that on YouTube if you just go on and look for The Fisherman. Uh, I look for the New Jersey Delaware Bay Edition, uh, Jim Hutchinson, and I take care of that. and We give you all a look ahead for the week upcoming and let you know uh, who's been catching what, what's been in the area, and give you a heads up for the coming week.
0: Yeah, I try to get in there and look at that every once in a while. I I really enjoy the banter that you and Jim have going back and forth between you, you know, and and Jim has such <clears throat> such a bassy voice. <clears throat> he should uh, be an announcer for a game show or something. I mean, he has he has one of those voices that uh, is just golden and and it's fun to listen to it.
1: I think he did radio in college. I think he's got a little experience from that. So You
0: can tell that. It,
1: it's paid off. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very good. And how do, how do people reach you if they want to uh, you know say howdy to you or find out more information?
1: Uh, Easy ways: jump on my website, PoconoOutdoorsGuy.com, or you can shoot me an email at pocono george at Outlook.com. Be glad wow. to hear you.
0: Wow! Well, you are an a trusted authority in our industry. I appreciate all you do, and uh, I hope you have the very best ever uh, uh, season uh, uh, in twenty twenty three. And um, just excited to see what is going to be coming down the pike from you in the future. Well,
1: thank you, Ted. Same to you. Hope you have a great year. And I'm sure we'll be talking quite more as the season moves forward.
0: I'm sure we will. Thanks, George. Tight lines to you, my friend. All right, Ted. Bye-bye.